Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 114 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. And here we sit, um, another Again. another rough week yeah, just it's... wrapped up, maybe starting a new one. I mean, what? rough in the sense that I think we're all thinking about difficult things right now but really positive in the sense that I really like seeing people you know exercise their civil rights and civic duties oh absolutely like that's encouraging but you know it's it would seem tone deaf or something if we didn't discuss the current events going on especially considering this is a buffalo podcast so it's you know oh right, absolutely. right, right in the center of stuff around yeah here, we so. gotta stay timely and then hopefully everybody stays timely from this point on but so i mean not that we need a recap but the killings of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, um, Ahmed Arbery, and Tony McDade, you know, once again brought the urgent need for racial justice to the forefront of conversation in America, and it kind of seems worldwide at this point. Oh, I don't think it seems. It absolutely Yeah, is. there's like, protests happening in all... protests, Paris, London, France, uh, Germany's having them everywhere. Yeah, Australia's had a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so these wide-scale protests against racism and police brutality, as well as civic unrest, have made it impossible for the world to ignore the consequences of just a long history of racism and racist violence. So as many people confront hard truths that black Americans have faced daily in this country, the need for education about the history of the long and ongoing fight for racial justice is critical. So, you know, that's why we want to bring it up here and kind of talk about more things that um, people can watch and read and experience. So I feel like most people have are, have shifted their energy so that they're paying attention. They're sharing the stories that mm-hmm. they see. They're signing petitions, donating to some important fundraisers within the Black Lives Matter movement. And it is a really great start, but it is important at this time to, to remember that there's obviously still work to be done. I mean, yeah, this is not going to be a quick process. You have to not only change the way people's thoughts and minds, but you have to change the way basically a lot of government projects and stuff are run because a lot of them have underlying problems with how they're done that have to be fixed before any of this can be taken care of. Sure. So I'd say this is just the beginning of of turning the tide on human rights equalities that, you know, as Jacob said, span generations and... We all have to keep our feet on the gas if uh, we're going to yeah. make real change here. Yeah. Once you feel complacent, everybody, that's where it ends. Like the second you take your foot off the gas, like you said, or you start feeling like mission accomplished or whatever, that's when people stop yeah. working towards something. So last week we talked about some great books that, that you can pick out because the first steps in all of this is educating ourselves and others. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always a really you know important kind of manifesto of the library this is what we've always wanted to do so this week we're going to talk about movies that you can watch to educate yourself about racism and protest history yeah so a couple things might sound familiar from past episodes but we felt were really relevant to this one and yeah hopefully you'll be able to grab some of these and kind of understand both aspects more i mean again everyone we don't like the fact that this is a topic that we've had to cover more than once on this show for almost the exact same reason every time but it's an issue that unfortunately keeps coming up and if it keeps coming up we're gonna keep shining a light on it because it's something that needs to change yeah until eventually we're all educated on it you don't want to hear it anymore let's change it you don't got to hear about it anymore it's just that simple everybody. <laughs> then you can hear jacob talk about literally the worst yeah. rest 
wrestling movies that have ever oh, been created. If you think that I do not have an uh, episode of this show with all wrestling and wrestler movie set, you are out of your mind. I got a bunch. Are you excited for Fight Island? I'm not sure what Fight Island is. That UFC that? guy is like buying uh, an island so that he can send his people there to fight? No, I believe it or not, I actually, controversial opinion, I don't like the UFC. Oh, I'm wow. a I'm a boxing and I'm a wrestling guy. Okay. Well. UFC, it's just a bunch of drunk guys beating each other up and choking each other. Oh boy, there's a, a Jacob opinion, and, right? Yeah, Hot off the much. press for you there. Doesn't <laughs> take a lot of skill to choke a guy, everybody. So we're gonna get into uh, some films now. So the first one I want to start with, and these are you know a lot of the protest ones aren't necessarily um, about uh, civil rights or Black Lives. So the first one is from 1966. It's called The Battle of Algiers. So what this is about is this is a paratrooper commander, Colonel Matthew, maybe. It's it's very French, so I'm going to say we'll it right. say Matthew. That's it. That's it. A former French resistance fighter during World War II is sent to 1950s Algeria to reinforce efforts to squelch the uprisings of the Algerian war. So there he faces Ali, who is a former petty criminal who, as the leader of the Algerian Liberation Front, directs terror strategies against the colonial French government occupation. So, and then you see each side resorting to ever-increasing brutality and truly no violent act is too unthinkable in this. And this movie is one that I wanted to start with because revolutionaries around the world have studied this film almost like a textbook for how you could potentially have this armed resistance within different spaces. And that idea frequently crosses over to this moment where we're talking about. And it's the film when you're watching it, like it's art, it's political, it's both an organizing tool and a personal reflection. So it's really all of those things at once, which make it kind of a hallmark um, film in this kind of, you know, revolutionary cinema. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I, as we're doing research for this episode, like that movie was recommended over and over and oh, over Oh, sure. Again. Yeah, just, I believe Everywhere that. you looked, it was like the number one movie to check out about this particular subject so when you're trying to learn more about about protest and what's great about it too is that it neither demonizes nor lionizes either side of the conflict it's aiming for just like the ugly facts of objectivity Mm -hmm. like no one who sees it you're not likely to watch this and feel comforted or even like vindicated you know the emotion that you're going to get out of it is really sorrow but i think that that's a really important part of it because that is kind of that's a stage of what is going on so like i said yeah it's one of those things you have to stay focused on the second you lose sight of what's going on or what you're fighting for it's just the point where you lose yeah even though it's it's difficult it is. It's, kind it's of difficult, difficult to keep your eye on the prize, but it's what you have to do. It's a lot of emotions to keep in you all the time. I'm, t- oh, yeah. I'm really tired. <laughs> yeah, just tired and angry super, all the time. Super tired. But, okay, what do you recommend people watch? Okay, so if you're looking for something that's a little more modern and on the go, um, Netflix has this show Patriarch by Hassan Minaj. I actually just popped into my head. Oh, okay. So he's I think been, I only saw one of those, and then I just straight up forgot about it. Yeah, it's a very good show, and he's had a couple episodes lately dealing with uh, police brutality and uh, the needs for the local media and how... Other groups besides, um, like, the African-American community, like, uh, he brought an episode today that's about, like, how Asians in general, in, from India, China, and all them, need to focus more on this because, like, it's an issue that deals with them and they sure. themselves have their own 
like hidden racisms they might not realize so it's important that they engage with it also okay so that's a surprising show that lately has become pretty focused on this issue and has actually been pretty good so and he adds some humor to it which always helps which does help break it up so i mean you're like oh boy it's terrible yeah so you know check that one out if you got a netflix account guys they don't have it on dvd what for when the library will eventually get it i'm sure but you Mm -hmm. know looking for something quick um, but I'm also going to go with the uh, underrated 2017 Catherine Bigelow movie, Detroit. Did you see I, that one? I still haven't, no. Okay, that's not surprising. This movie was a big old bomb. Made $13 million less than it cost to produce. But Wow, was it? Why? It, why do you think it did so poorly? Because it is rough subject matter. Okay. It, it is about, I know the storyline. Yeah, it is about a raid uh, on a... Just like a room that's um, having a bunch of people that are just staying in it. Uh, Police are doing a raid there. They end up, somebody shoots off a starter pistol, and it kicks off the 1967 Detroit riots, which ended up, like, destroying a huge portion of the city. Um, This movie, it stars John Boyega from uh, the Star Wars films and Will Poulter, and it's such an interesting look at not only a riot in general, what causes it, but actually... The main focus of it is on this one group of police officers and the way that they react to a group of innocent people just assuming that they're guilty based on their race and nothing else. And it really shows what bad, like what it looks like when you have some bad officers that are just taking their authority to the extreme. Like, and even if you have good cops around them, they're trying to stop them. Sometimes there's just so much they can do when. Especially because you have to remember people are instructed to take orders. Yeah. So then people take orders whether they believe in that or yeah. not. It's an underappreciated part of some kind, some of these institutions. But like, you're sometimes you just can't say stuff. If you have a really bad guy, like you can only go so far. They'll just ignore you and like try to like um, push you with rank or seniority and stuff and try to get you to like not listen or just act like it didn't happen. So it's you feel that it, while it's difficult to watch, that it's a well done film. That's not why it didn't make its money. It's not like poor acting or. Oh poor no, it's like, a okay. Catherine Bigelow movie, so it's extremely yeah, well made. It looks, it not it be looks good. fabulous, but it's just it's a hard movie to watch because of the subject matter and some of the realities that you might not want to accept. Okay. Um, but it's definitely one to go check out, especially nowadays. So. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. No. I am going to talk about a documentary that's pretty new. It came out in 2017. It's called Whose Streets? I don't think many people have seen it. No, don't I know about it. One. It's actually for free right now on Hulu. Okay. I think it's one of those that you know how they've been like releasing movies that they want people to be able to see like oh. Just Mercy is Yeah, on. that's uh, that's another one that's for free right now. Exactly. So this is told by the activists and leaders who just live and breathe this movement for justice. Um Whose Streets is a really unflinching look at the Ferguson uprising and essentially about how the Black Lives Matter movement began. So, you know, if you don't know the the background of, of this Ferguson uprising, it's when unarmed teenager Michael Brown is killed by police and then left lying in the streets for hours. It just marked a breaking point for the residents of St. Louis, Mm -hmm. Missouri. So this grief and long-standing racial tensions, and then we have like renewed anger, bring residents together to hold vigil and protest this, you know, the latest tragedy at that point. In in the documentary, you have empowered parents and artists and teachers from around the country that come together as freedom fighters. And then the National Guard descends on Ferguson with military-grade weaponry, and this, these young community members become the torchbearers of a new resistance. So the filmmakers, um, Fol- Folion and Davis, know this story because 
they are the story. They yeah. were there for this. They witnessed this. Though so this is a really powerful battle cry from a generation fighting that not just for their own civil rights, but for just the general right to live. Yeah. Which so, you think would be something that you wouldn't have to fight for, but you'd, you'd be wrong, unfortunately. And that ends up making it a really powerful and intimate look at a city under occupation and truly a people under siege. This film, I think, really helps you experience um, why there was such an eruption and how everything really got turned upside down. Yeah, it, it's this is all too common of an occurrence um, nowadays, but it's something that just, like I said, it just keeps happening and it's going to keep happening until it gets changed and people focus on it and just do something to make it stop being an issue. Anymore. Yeah, I mean, some, some policy changes, but that, you know, again, it's really important. You, you're doing things, you're donating, you're reading, you're watching these things. It's going to help create empathy and understanding. So, it, you know, that is your part that you can do. Right. And it is, you know, an election. You're going to go to the polls, too, and make your voice heard there, everybody. So don't forget to do For that. All elections, For all elections. For all elections. Any kind. Yeah. county ones, your state elections, like yeah. all those things are really important. They all kind of line up, everyone. Go check, go get to, go to Woe's and you can really get something happening then. What did you say? Go to Lowe's? Those. Oh, nice. You know what, though? As a matter of fact, go to Lowe's over Home Depot as well. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. All right. So anyways, we're going to move on there. Um, so next, I'm going to go ahead and think of a movie that's not good, but <laughs> the idea behind it is yeah. fantastic. Okay. I do, so I do that a lot on this show. You got to love it. I so, mean, it's impressive. If you don't think a movie is good, then I'm like, yikes. Yeah, yeah. You, you should yikes. <laughs> so <laughs> when I tell you the plot of it, you'll be like, oh, it actually does seem interesting. If only, if only. <laughs> so it's 1995's White Man's Burden, starring John Travolta and Harry Belafonte. I can honestly say I've never heard of that movie. Yeah. So it seems like it should be good because this is 90s John Travolta post, you know, um, Pulp Fiction and Harry Belafonte is usually pretty reliable and sure. stuff, but you would be wrong. But the idea <laughs> of the movie is pretty good. This is actually a movie, it's an alternate reality where blacks and whites are flipped in their societal structure. So basically just imagine like every, all of African American history has been replaced by white history and all white history okay, no, is replaced that by That is African-American. very interesting. So John Travolta is playing a guy who's kind of like down on his luck he loses his job because of a misunderstanding he's harassed by police all the time he loses his wife and all this other stuff because of his societal standings and how people view him and he eventually decides that he needs to take it out on his um, african-american boss played by harriet belafonte Mm -hmm. who has kind of like the stereotypical rich white person view of like nothing's wrong everything's fine you should just be happy because his life's not affected sure he's like if you just followed the rules and did all that you wouldn't have to deal with all of these issues and and you would just live a better life just try harder basically Mm -hmm. and it kind of it flips it around where all the points that people would normally make that's kind of like travolta what he's trying to get across and he's like it's not just that it's not about working hard sometimes. Sometimes there are just issues like... Sure, there's not systemic things that are, yeah, that like are not, at play. Yeah, not everybody is starting from the same place. So it's okay. not like you can just say, if so, you just worked harder, you would yeah. be fine. So excellent idea, but executed poorly, but still worth seeing you yeah, feel? Yeah, just for the idea. Because like I said, <laughs> if you could... Or just take the idea in your brain and think about it and don't watch the movie. If you make this movie nowadays with like Ryan Kogler directing it with Michael B. Jordan oh, and like a cool. Ryan Gosling or something, like you got yourself 
a really good movie right here. It's just poor execution by the makers. Okay. But the idea is definitely something worth checking out and especially relevant nowadays. Okay. For all this. So go check it out, everybody. Plus, you get to see when I'm, Travolta actually had real hair. It's 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 wild to see. And there he is. Um, okay, I'm going to bring up another protest one from a different time. This movie is called Battle in Seattle. I'm also going to say that this movie has its flaws, too, although the... It has a great cast. Okay. Um, they're dedicated to their performances. But, you know, there's hang-ups that just happen in, in some films. It happens. This is in 1999 when members of the World Trade Organization arrived in Seattle for negotiations that are closed to the public. And then, you know, concerned about globalization, there's activists Jay, Lou, um, that's played by that, Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, okay. There's Django, who's played by Andre Benjamin. Okay. Okay. So they are preparing for peaceful protests. So then trying to prevent any potential violence, the mayor, who's played by Ray Liotta, Uh attempts to coordinate the police. And that's, we got Woody Harrelson in there. Oh, boy. Married to, like, Charlize Theron. So it's really star-studded cast. Well, you start getting Ray Liotta and Woody Harrelson on the police Ray Liotta is not, I mean, because that mayor was really trying to keep the peace, like, truly. Bad casting. And avoid chaos. Yeah, exactly. So then when a small group, which is how this usually goes in all of these situations, a small group of unruly activists begin wrecking havoc and then these planned marches quickly turn to riots Mm -hmm. and then as a full-scale riot commences a state of emergency is declared and the residents of seattle are then like caught in this crossfire between protesters and police so like i said it's not perfect but it sheds a much needed light on a mostly forgotten event in our country's history we've been using our protest rights forever and this was a really big deal and that the way things are I mean, you watch this movie and it looks like prophecy as well as history. Yeah, it just keeps, like I said, it's on a circle. It just times a flat circle. It's all just repeating and going over and over and over again. Ooh, I don't like to think that. That's well, depressing. We gotta, think, gotta, like, gotta, gotta go with the way that Game of Thrones season eight was supposed to go. We gotta figure out a good way to break the wheel here. <laughs> oh boy, like, you can always come back to Game of Thrones references. You would be surprised. But yeah, we just gotta figure out a way to break it, everybody. Just we gotta get out of this. Get I out like of that. I like that. Break the wheel. That's yeah, good, Jacob. Thank you. Thank okay, you. what else do you? Better writer than D&D. I be on that <laughs> oh, show. Okay, so next, uh, I feel like we have to bring up a few. We mentioned them a lot in the show, so I'm not going to really dwell on any of these three, but people would be mad if we didn't bring them up. Uh, 1992's Malcolm X, starring course, Denzel Washington, uh, based on the autobiography of Malcolm X with Alex Haley. Uh, landmark movie. Probably the best performance that wasn't nominated for an Academy Award sure. in the last 40, 50 years. Denzel's amazing in this movie. Um, definitely one we're checking out and a story that shows how you can go from being a person that just kind of hates all the time to once you get more interaction with another group, you start to see that maybe yeah, it's not he, everybody. Yeah, he really changed his ways. I'm excited. Um, his his autobiography has not been released on audiobook, but Audible's getting it in September, so I got a pre-order uh, on that. Got some shocked. Lawrence Fishburne narrating it. Ooh, that's a good choice. Right. Really, it's never been on book. I don't wow. believe so. I mean, it hasn't been on, on Audible, I mean, and now they're just making it, so. I mean, quite literally, you had Denzel Washington play him. It seems like the perfect opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I could be wrong, but. No, I'm sure you're right. It's just, it's wild to hear. Okay, and what um, else? Do the Right Thing from 1989, another sure, Spike sure. Lee movie. Uh, we talked a about lot about tension. Yeah. Another one you got to go check out. And uh, Fruitvale Station. Another, speaking of Ryan Kogler and Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. The 2013 movie based on the Oscar Grant shooting on the BART in California. I'll also throw in um, 
definitely Selma, Ava yep. DuVernay's historical drama about uh, the MLK march from Selma to Montgomery. Um, that We've talked about that on the episode. We had an MLK episode, but that is... There you have both both things. You know, you have racism and protest history all in one film. So that one's really excellent, too. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, all these ones are important to go check out. Even though we talked about them a lot, there's still important stuff there. Yeah, like, if you haven't grabbed it then, now is definitely the time. Yeah, it's, there's nothing wrong with a rewatch on these ones. The, the stories are telling and the messages in them, they're worth they're worth checking out, everybody. Okay, so, what else you got? Anything else? Uh, yeah, you know, I'm going to go with uh, a random choice here. I'm going to go with The Gate of Heavenly Peace from 1995. No idea what that is. Okay, so it is a documentary that's about the Tiananmen Square protest of 1989. Oh, boy. And it is a mix of footage and interviews, um, including some of the ones that weren't really widely available over here in the West. Okay. Um, And it basically chronicles what has been known as the Beijing Spring. Uh, it follows it from its beginning in uh, mid-April, which is really like what began the groundswell for these protests. Um, but then it goes follows that from where they began in mid-April to the June uh, 31st, I think it was 31st, incident okay. with the uh, that the world is all seen, including the tank guy. Um, I actually always thought that guy got ran over by the tank. It turns out he did not. What ended up happening was two people in blue uh, uniforms or shirts ran out into the street and grabbed him and pulled him away and nobody ever found out what happened to that guy wow. after that Yikes. so it, depending on who you talk to they well t- he wasn't going to come out and be like that was me well that's <laughs> the kind of thing like depending on who you talk to he yeah, either got sure. grabbed by the secret police and killed two weeks later or he was grabbed by protesters and he's just been living his life ever since then but this documentary it's an idea it's a good example of what what do you need to do and why uprisings are important even in the face of overwhelming military might and why when you, you have need to, to stand, stand up, up for, for your rights regardless yeah it's like you need to sometimes you just it's not about and you just need to stand up for pride and for making a point and for your rights basically and if yeah. you don't if you're not, if you're not willing to sacrifice for it you're just going to lose them so well, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'm so gonna definitely check that one out. Definitely something to sounds go check like out. A, everybody. Like a good Jacob recommendation. I have done a lot about kind of protest movies here, so this one again is to help educate yourself about racism in a big way. This is rough. Oh, here we go. That when they see us on Netflix, the Ava DuVernay four-part oh, yeah. series about. I haven't watched that one yet. The, oh my goodness! I think it's this is so probably good. your feeling is like the intensity is probably why I've avoided it so far. Exactly, and I also avoided it until recently because I, I really like to stay on topic with what's going on in the world, and we watched it. And I will just say that by the fourth episode, because it's just a four-part miniseries, I literally cried the whole episode. That is not oh, hyperbole. I pretty much cried from when it started until it ended. That's I was like, How both much good and it? bad. Yeah. So like I said, it's four-part um, drama based on the true story of the five young people who were charged with the rape of a jogger in 1989. Um, and then this film ex- like spans the course of 25 years. So when the crime happens, when they go to jail, and when oh, they're released. Oh, the, that's Central Park Five, right? Yep, you okay. got it. All right, I do remember um, the incident. And it just follows them and their fight for innocence right from their initial questioning to their eventual exoneration in 2002 and then beyond that. Like I said, it was directed and co-written by Ava DuVernay, who has, um, I mean, she made Selma. She made the other documentary on Netflix that you 100% should watch called 13th. We've talked about before. 
That is amazing. When it comes to filmmakers, guys, and this particular subject especially, if you see Ava DuVernay's name attached to it, you should probably check it out. She knows what she's talking about. In yeah, this definitely. Sure. And even telling a story that I knew so well, it was still really shocking. It was she put her, such a human face on it. And I think this ended up being really celebrated because of the the representation of the people and just really revealing the racist cracks in the U.S. justice system. Which, yeah, which is what I assume, like, it's a problem, like I said, if we're dealing with it back in the 80s, it's still an issue now. Oh, I mean, these kids were guilty. I mean, when you watch it, you're just like, it was just nothing. It was just kids. It's just like a bunch of kids in a park and they got like five of them. The, the worst one of all, and again, no spoilers, because this is an event that happened, is they started rounding up these kids the day after, and they were taking this one, and he was so scared, because, you know, he's 14, yeah. and didn't do anything, and his friend asked the cop, he's like, well, can I just come with him, and, like, sit in the police station with him, and the, and the cop's like, yeah, like, you're a good friend. The kid sits there all day while they're interrogating his friend. He ends up, like, falling asleep there, and this is all real. The mom comes and gets her son, who's being questioned, and takes him. Um, and then they're like, they were kind of like, well, we need someone else because we said, is this many people, blah, blah, blah. So they find the kid in this, in the lobby. And then they're like, that one, get him to say the things. And then that's it. That is the guy who ends up going to jail for the longest too. Mm -hmm. He wasn't even like, oh man, the whole thing is so unbelievably upsetting. It is crucial, crucial, crucial to watch, especially right now. So please do. Yeah. Go check it out, everybody. It's definitely something that needs to be watched. You know, there are certain parts of that story that everybody forgets about that really need to have a light shined on them right now that, you know. You should start that tonight, even though it makes you sad. Yeah. There's going to be parts there. Do it. I don't know. Make yourself sad, Jacob. Do it. I don't want to make my Do it. all the time. Do it. (laughs) All right. Why don't we uh, each throw maybe one more out, and then we'll probably have to wrap up. All right. I'm going to go ahead and uh, throw a little, like, lead us into next week a little bit. Got another fun topic. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and mention 2015's Stonewall, oh. a movie that was a, a movie about the 1969 yeah. Stonewall riots in New York that eventually started leading to the gay rights movement and like kicked off to where we are today. Where Such an pretty important much event in human history. Yeah. So it's a Christopher Street thing. It was basically started as a result of a raid on a gay prostitution business that people were being forced into. And then the police raided it, uh, started... You know, just rounding people up and freaking out about them and teaching them like crap just oh, because they were gay. It's so horrible. They eventually just couldn't take it anymore, and it started out a couple of days right in there. That like led to where equal rights are now for uh, you know the gay people are kind of like a thing that we accept these days. And this is kind of an example of it. Just takes sometimes like one little spark or something that it might not even seem like it's going to be a big deal, and then over time. Like once you be, get something going, or once you be, start a fire, it's just gonna keep going and keep going until it consumes. Which is why people everything. are still out there marching right, right now. It's important. Like you, ex- there's issues that sometimes, even if you try to quell something, or you don't even realize you're doing something, you never know. People can only take so much. After a certain point of dealing with injustice or feeling like inequality, they're just gonna they're gonna snap, man. Which is always hard like, for people to understand who have never suffered any of that. So sometimes it's difficult to really see yeah. or to be like, I don't understand what is the problem here. So that is why these books, these films, is uh, so important so that you can understand. Weirdly enough, I was watching Joker the other day, mm-hmm. and wow, that last scene with him and uh, Robert De Niro and that the speech that he's giving oh, in that yeah. movie, that and that whole last thirty minutes of that movie plays totally different nowadays because. 
gotta tell you the joker doesn't exactly come across like too bad of a villain in that movie but you listen to what he's saying and which what he's is also talking really about. scary yeah. yeah and you figure maybe people paid more attention the movie did make a billion dollars can i just say and this is just a side note because it's kind of funny um my mom texted me the one night and she was just like, is the Joker depressing? And I was like, um, it's literally <laughs> the most depressing thing I've seen. She's like, oh, okay, because I, I just started it. Kind of wondering if it gets any better. And I was like, it gets just worse as every half hour ticks by. Well, so she's like, gets, okay, I'm going to bail on that. It gets better, but it but gets, it gets worse. I mean, it gets worse yeah. in the sense of, is it depressing? Right. It gets more and more depressing. Yeah, if she doesn't want a depressing movie, Joker is not the movie it's, for you. It's not, um, it's not but yeah, the one. Stonewall, man, I know it says it was directed by Roland Emmerich, and I always tell everybody to avoid movies made by terrible directors. But this one... This is, one is worth it's it. It's worth checking out for the story. Yes. Check it out, everybody. Important event history, and it might be a, you know, past this prologue, man. It might be a precursor of what's coming in the future, hopefully. Fingers crossed. All right, I'm going to end with one more. Again, I want to mention, since we were mentioning ones that we didn't want to dwell on because we've talked about them before, I can never say enough things about watching I Am Not Your Negro um, based on the unfinished 30-page manuscript of James Baldwin's Mm -hmm. project. Just It's for those of you who are looking to see how the systematic racism embedded in American soil has been passed down. A documentary like this holds all the keys. Mm-hmm. You, you're like, oh, got it. Um, but I wanted to do another protest one, which is The Weather Underground from 2002. Okay. I, I vaguely recommend what that's all about, but I don't recall. Sure. So this is also a documentary about a radical group whose stated goal was to the violent overthrow of the U.S. government. And this details a valuable chapter in the history of the 60s protest movement. Um, so the Weathermen were a faction of the Students for a Democratic Society, and one of the they were one of the driving forces behind the, the period's massed protests against social injustice and the Vietnam War. But some of the people were really frustrated by the Students for a Democratic Society's adherence to nonviolent dissent. Mm-hmm. So then the Weathermen broke off, and they adopted a more combative approach. And as the student protests protests ebbed into the 1970s the group went underground and then shifted tactics embarking on a terrorist campaign against the u.s government so for years the weather underground like evaded the authorities grasp and i mean as it was pulling off like really high profile bombings against government targets and their momentum sort of petered out in the Mm -hmm. 1980s and one by one the organizers just started turning themselves into police because they were like living on the run all of this time sure but the documentary is great um again it's one of those things where you're like i do not condone violence i do not that is a michelle thing like bombing and this and that but you see it and you're like i can't say that i don't understand where they're coming from and why it feels like just talking and protesting isn't working and you get a lot of um, archival footage and interviews from surviving members to kind of trace their evolution and place their actions in the context of these events okay i'm gonna have to check that one out then i really didn't know that much about them i just kind of like vaguely knew their name I remember they were a big deal a couple of years ago, but then nobody stopped caring again. Yeah, I mean, it's just like things kind of fall off and so many other things rise up that you're like, I can't think about all of these things all the time. But it's good because it leaves you with a lot of questions when it's over. 
and they're the really they're like the right and urgent questions that you should be asking yourself and the people close to you well you know you want to know the thing about questions you can get them all answered at one of our 37 branches all across erie county we can have any question about anything come on down to the library we'll be able to help you figure it out we are now open for um, a curbside pickup michelle why don't you go ahead no my friend oh there's a change do you know what today is Um, do you know what today is it's monday isn't it the library is open oh downtown library not every library but check the website to see which libraries are open come oh, on boy. in www.buffalolib.org grab your mask and get your stuff jesus means i gotta return some books yes <laughs> oh i need to go find those um but yeah also don't forget to follow us at all booked up pod uh, me and michelle are always on there we'll all ta- talk back and forth i'm actually going to get the password for the twitter account so i can actually post some more gifts and annoy michelle so. Ooh. It's going to be a good time, everybody. Okay, so again, just like last week, instead of ending with facts that are going to bring us all down, I'm going to do another activist that I admire and some quotes by them. Last week we had James Baldwin, and this week we're going to do some Angela Davis ones. Sweet, good choice. Um, A couple of them maybe you're familiar with even, but one of them, probably her most famous one is, I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change. I am changing the things I cannot accept. Good quote. It's very, very powerful. Um, Another one is, you have to act as if it were possible to radically transform the world, and you have to do it all the time. That's true. And that's very difficult when you don't see change to to keep on it, but it's so so crucial. Um, We have to talk about liberating minds as well as liberating society. That's something we've been talking about on the show and a lot, everybody. You you don't think about these things, but you need to, and once you start thinking about them, it's really going to change your perspective on a lot of things. Absolutely. And then the last one I'll share here is, I think the importance of doing activist work is precisely because it allows you to give back and to consider yourself not as a single individual who may have achieved whatever, but to be a part of an ongoing historical movement. That is what people are doing out there today. Um, Keep merching, everyone, and we will catch you next time. Bye.